0: According to the backstory presented in the opening sequence of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Indy's adventures in archaeology trace back to a formative boyhood encounter with a gang of treasure hunters searching for the long-lost Cross of Coronado. The 13-year-old Indy unsuccessfully attempts to retrieve the cross from the bandits, and he explains his motives by earnestly declaring that the relic belongs in a museum when the story cuts to indy pursuing the same prize 26 years later he repeats the same axiom it belongs in a museum in response to which his rival exasperated with indy's single-mindedness delivers one of the film's most memorable lines so do you the cross of coronado sequence suggests that jones's conviction that valuable artifacts belong in a museum is the driving principle behind his relentless pursuit of archaeological objects. Although the films portray Jones as inconsistently committed to the imperative that cultural artifacts belong in museums, the Cross of Coronado sequence implies that Indiana has been fixated on the It Belongs in a Museum line since his childhood. Perhaps because, for both the character and the audience, the slogan provides an easy rationalization for the more ineffable purposes that drive Indy's quests to find lost historical objects. Whereas Indy's pronouncement of his own motives may be unconvincing, however, his rival's snappy retort that it is actually Indy himself who belongs in a museum is strikingly apt. Indy's position on artifactual ethics has apparently been frozen in amber since his childhood, along with his entire self-styled identity. As a representation of a certain attitude about what the past is, whom it belongs to, and how it exists within a dynamic present, Indy's entire outlook is itself a historical curiosity fit for exhibition and scholarly analysis that's according to dr randy laced who continues shortly after the release of last crusade harrison ford donated a fedora and leather jacket he'd worn in that film to the smithsonian national museum of american history in 1999 lucasfilm donated an indiana jones whip and the original draft of lawrence kasdan's script for raiders of the lost ark to the smithsonian's collection in that same year Raiders was officially identified as culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant by the U.S. Library of Congress and selected for preservation in the National Film Registry. From 2011 to 2016, an exhibition titled Indiana Jones and the Adventure of Archaeology toured museums in Canada, Spain, and the U.S., featuring authentic archaeological artifacts alongside props from the Indiana Jones films. Clearly, Indiana Jones has become, just as Belloc had implied he might, a museum artifact. More important than any of these discrete instances, however, is the extent to which Indiana Jones, not only the character, but also the films, the franchise, the music, the look, the spin-offs and knock-offs, the viral illusions, and even the very idea of Indiana Jones has become incorporated into a permanent display in the collective imagination of the movie-going public. All that from the study titled Excavating Indiana Jones by Randy Laced, professor of English at Goodwin College. We are invited to excavate or explore all of the Indiana Jones films in a course to be offered by the Schemmel Forum at the University of Scranton this fall, one of three such non-credit classes, and just some of the timely programs to be presented by the Schemmel Forum during the 2023 fall semester. George Alisio is Dean of the Weinberg Memorial Library at the University of Scranton, He's a professor of philosophy and director of the Schemmel Forum there. Dean Olicio paid a visit to the WVIA studios to talk with us about the Schemmel Forum and its fall offerings.
1: The idea behind the Schemmel Forum is to be a community education and outreach program to bring the quality faculty at the University of Scranton to the community, but also to invite in scholars and practicing professionals from other areas of the country to give presentations to our community as well. So we usually do three evening courses that are taught by University of Scranton faculty and six luncheon programs where we have guest scholars come in and give presentations on topics that they are working on in their research or in their professional lives. And then we typically do two collaborative programs as well with different organizations. Those collaborative programs could be at any time of the day, but they're typically in the evening.
0: Well, it's your choice if you'd like to tell us about the courses.
1: This semester, we have three courses. The first one is Indiana Jones in the 20th Century, taught by Dr. Sean Brennan, who's a professor of history at the University of Scranton. And he's going to be covering the five Indiana Jones films and how they relate to history. So obviously those films are works of fiction, but they draw a lot from actual historical context and to learn a little bit about ourselves really through through the film and through our history. And I think that's part of the idea behind the course. And as Dr. Brennan said, they're going to look at the historical origins of famous relics featured in all the films, including the Ark of the Covenant, all the way to the Antikythera, which is the object in the most recent film. Did you see it? I did see it. Yes, I liked it.
0: Good. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it is so telling that... We are hungry for films like that, that we want the fantasy element, but we also are curious, aren't we?
1: Yes, I I think we appreciate when our fiction is grounded in fact and grounded in reality in some way. And Indiana Jones has always been able to do that. It's, of course, fantastical, but it's also grounded in history and historical events. And I think that's part of the reason why it's captured our culture.
0: You study philosophy, you teach philosophy, don't you?
1: Yes, bo- both is correct. I'm a PhD student in philosophy, currently working on finishing my dissertation, and I teach philosophy at the university.
0: And so how about this course?
1: Yeah, so The Crisis of the Science is Positivism, Essentialism, and the Need for Critical Theory, taught by Dr. Andrew Lazella, who is a professor of philosophy at the university. The course, it probably sounds like a very intimidating title, but Dr. Lozell is really good at bringing complex ideas and simplifying them and breaking them down. I think the important thing to keep in mind with this course is it is touching on science, but saying that there needs to be a human element to it, a greater understanding of what makes us who we are, and bringing that sort of all together in this holistic manner.
0: Heaven knows, don't we need it? And Oppenheimer's out there speaking of films and raising those questions. Yes,
1: yes, I do think these two courses are very timely for those reasons.
0: We've had Dr. Willenbrink here a number of times talking about theater and his playwriting and the productions at the university.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for Dr. Willenbrink's course Dr. Hank Willenbrink is an associate professor of English and theater at the university. And his course is a little bit unique. I don't think we've really done one like this before. It's just titled Writing in Place, but it it's essentially exactly what it says. It's a creative writing course. He wants to focus on sort of environmental writing or writing in place and just bringing out the inner writer in all of us or in all of the students in the course, at least, to tap into their creativity, into their inner understanding of themselves and the world around us.
0: And again, I think people got started maybe during COVID Mm -hmm. when they were locked up and alone and maybe making some journaling, but maybe now taking it a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's such an important outlet to be able to express yourself, obviously, orally, but also in writing as well. And I, I can't think of somebody better for doing this class than Hank.
0: Those courses take place usually over six weeks. Is that right?
1: Yep. There are six evening sessions, 75 minutes each. The first one starts September 12th. That's the Indiana Jones course. And then Dr. Lazella's course on the crisis of the sciences starts October 4th. And Dr. Willenbrink starts October 23rd.
0: So we could take them all. You
1: could take all three. And they're all on different nights of the week. So if they do overlap, you could take them all.
0: Moving on, what's the format of the World Affairs Luncheon Seminars?
1: This year I am working on formalizing it a little more closely in order to better integrate the World Affairs lunch and seminars into the university's structure as well. So the idea would be that from 11:30 to noon would be focusing on eating and socializing with guests, just so everybody has a time to settle in, to have their food, to talk with one another. And then from noon to about 12:45 we'll we'll have the lecture from our guest speaker, our guest scholar. And then from 12.45 until 1 or even a little past 1, we'll do Q&A. And then for some of our speakers, they are authors of books. And if they are able and willing, they're going to stay afterwards and sign some books as well. So I think I've already talked to a few of them, and, and they are very excited to do that.
0: Will you take us in a wide-ranging way, and I think that one of the ones our listeners might know will be the first one mm-hmm. who has ties to NPR. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so Rob Capolo, a wonderful musician, of course, a composer, conductor, and also a longtime host of NPR's What Makes It Great. So we're very excited to have Rob, and the topic that he's talking about is, I think, going to be exciting for our, our typical Shemel guests, or our Shemelites as they're called, uh, as well as a host of other people. So the title is We've Got to Get Ourselves Back to the Garden, Inside the Music and Times of the Woodstock Generation. So. Everybody loves the music of the Woodstock generation. I'm sure it's going to be a big draw.
0: And he has such personality and such humor. Whatever he does, he could read the phone book and make it interesting.
1: I'm sure he can, and he's going to be even more interesting because he will have his keyboard with him. So I think he's going to be playing along a little bit as well. So it's going to be a nice, interactive, and exciting luncheon that day.
0: You're kicking things off September 8th.
1: That's correct, yep.
0: And then you move along to something that's perennially with us, and we really need to come to terms with this next subject.
1: Yes. uh, Jim McMillan, he's a journalist, educator, and social innovator, and also director of the Philadelphia Center for Gun Violence Reporting. He's going to be speaking on gun violence prevention and the role of the media in this tragic state of affairs that we're currently seeing ourselves in in the United States. So we thought it was very important to address this topic. It's a difficult topic, obviously, and it's it's painful for so many to, to even think about. But it's something that is in our lives every day. We read about it. We hear about it on the news. And we thought, who best to do a presentation on this but a journalist who is actually working on the reporting of this and talking about the roles and responsibilities of the media. So I think having Jim with us will be will be good. And Jim has ties to the area as well. He actually originally worked at the Times-Leader. Many years ago he told me but he's he's excited to get back to the area and join us again.
0: We cannot go <laughs> online, we cannot watch news programs, we cannot pick up newspapers without this question of the state of democracy. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I think the Shummel Forum has a long history of focusing on the importance of democracy, talking about how do we make our democracy strong? And you know, sadly the the state of affairs has been questions about democracy eroding and our third speaker in the luncheon series, Dr. Michelle Moody Adams, she is the Joseph L. Strauss Professor of Political Philosophy and Legal Theory at Columbia University, is going to give a presentation called Revitalizing Democracy. So she's a philosopher, a political philosopher, and she is going to uh, talk about her argument of ways that we could strengthen our democracy, ways we can rebuild it. And as she writes in the brochure, it involves acknowledging the complex sources of what has eroded our democracy over the years, and taking a hard look at it before we can make those changes and, and develop it into something we are all proud of and believe is strong and can stand the test of time.
0: And I think the gun violence particularly, and this one, are two examples of what the Schemmel Forum is all about, this idea of People gathering together and discussing issues that are critical to our lives and our society.
1: That's right. And I, I think that is sort of the the thread that unites the Schummel Forum is the understanding that we all have a civic responsibility and we're in this together. So I, I think that is essentially the thread of the Schummel Forum is understanding this sort of civic role that we all play, coming together, having conversations and dialogues about it and seeing what responsibilities each of us have and, and talking that through and seeing where to go from there.
0: And not everybody's on the same page, and that's also important,
1: right? That is perfectly fine. You can have disagreements, as, you know, as long as they're civil. Part of the point of having an argument is to have those conversations and to see if both people come out on the same side. Maybe they come out on opposite sides. Someone might feel more strongly about where they were before someone might feel less strongly about where they were before and, and that's sort of the point is to have these safe dialogues with one another in order to get from point a to point b
0: now you know that you're sitting in a room where art scene interviews take place and we care passionately here at wvia we call ourselves your arts and information stations so you have an october program that has to do with public art tell us about that one
1: Sure. So Michelle Angela Ortiz, she is a public artist. She was also the 2021 Art is Essential grantee and 2020 Art for Justice Fund grantee as well. She is a well-known artist based in Philadelphia that focuses on community art and public art as a form of engagement with a community. So the title of her luncheon is Transforming Spaces, Public Art and Community Engagement. And she is heavily focused on the role of art in communities and especially those communities that serve particular populations, talking about the art of a given group and how it relates to their culture, to their identity. And just, just talking about the importance of bringing that art and public art installations into the public sphere for people to enjoy art together.
0: And AI, isn't that the topic of the day?
1: It, it is. AI is everywhere now. It is scary for some, scary for many of us. It is something that I think we all are going to have to grapple with and understand. And of course, it's going to have and play a role in all different facets of our, of our lives. So on Friday, October 13th, Dr. Anne Burgess will be joining us to talk about AI and deciphering the criminal mind. So her talk is about how Artificial intelligence can help law enforcement agencies understand the communications they receive, the tips they get, in order to, you know, better serve the public, essentially. Dr. Burgess is a renowned expert in trauma abuse assessment and treatment, but she also, interestingly enough, is one of the founders of the FBI's Behavioral Sciences Unit. I don't know if the founder is is the right word, but she was heavily involved in the founding of the FBI's Behavioral Science Unit. I think this sort of thing is is meant to help take vast amounts of information and process it, analyze it, and come to an understanding about it without having thousands of hours of human time set on text on page, for example. And then... Dr. Sarah Manning Peskin. She is an assistant professor of clinical neurology at the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, She's going to talk about A Molecule Away from Madness, Tales of the Hijacked Brain. That's also the title of her newest book. And it's a rather fascinating book. It's sort of in the vein of Oliver Sacks and the ways in which small little changes to our brain chemistry could affect us in profound ways, whether it's Alzheimer's disease or another sort of cognitive ailment that we might develop over time. So I, I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's a little bit different than what we've usually had in the Schummel form, but it's something obviously that fascinates us all. And uh, we all know the importance of the, the brain and the mind to our personality and to ourselves.
0: And you at the university have a lot of pre-med students, and then there is, of course, the Commonwealth School of Medicine in the city. That's
1: right, and we do partner with the Geisinger Commonwealth School of Medicine to have their students and their faculty join us at the Schummel Forum events. And that's one of the things that I'm hoping we will see as we're sort of still rebounding from COVID is more and more members of the university community joining us at these events.
0: And you spoke about collaborative programs as well.
1: Yeah, so our first collaborative program this semester is with the Gale and Francis Slattery Center for the Ignatian Humanities at the University of Scranton, where Dr. Dale Jameson, Professor Emeritus of Environmental Studies, will deliver the Myers Distinguished Visiting Fellow in the Humanities and Civic Engagement Lecture on October 17th. It's part of the Sandra and Maury Myers Distinguished Visiting Fellowship in the Humanities and Civic Engagement that the University of Scranton is proud to host. And Dr. Jameson has done a lot of work on environmental science, animal protection, bioethics. He has a long list of titles, and he has really made a name for himself in, in all areas of environmental science and environmental studies. So we think that's going to be an important conversation for our community to hear. And it is a focus of the university this year to be focused on environmental protection, sustainability programs, and understanding our role in the ecosystem.
0: And you have just about touched all the topical themes or subjects in our lives these days in the Schemmel Forum this fall, book bans.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm very excited about this one because it it hits close to home as the the dean of the library. Obviously, uh, libraries are near and dear to my heart. So in collaboration with the Friends of the Weinberg Memorial Library, we'll be hosting Tracy Hall, who's the executive director of the American Library Association, and recent Time magazine, 100 Most Influential People of 2023, on October 30th, 2023. She's going to be speaking about book bans and censorship, this problem that we're seeing across the United States, spiraling in so many different ways. And obviously, I think it's going to be a big draw, not just for the library community, but everyone that believes in the freedom of knowledge, everyone that loves books, everyone that believes information should be free.
0: And we know that one of the delights of Shemmel is getting the Shemelites together on a bus and taking them to see and experience some art or theater or music. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so this year we're doing a bus trip to Philadelphia. The bus trip is going to take the Schemmelites to the Philadelphia Museum of Art and the Rodin Museum. Obviously, they're two world-class institutions. There's going to be free time in the middle of the day, so people could spend time in the Fairmount neighborhood of Philadelphia, which is a a nice neighborhood, and there's quite a few restaurants there as well. So the day starts at the Philadelphia Museum of Art, and it will be a docent-led tour. Once that tour concludes, guests have the choice of staying in the museum longer if they want, or they can head on out and see the Fairmount neighborhood, get some lunch somewhere. And after that free time has ended, Everyone will reconvene at the Rodin Museum to see the statues, the Rodin statues at the museum.
0: And that's on September 30th. So it's coming up soon. So people need to think about that. It
1: is. And and space is limited. It's obviously one bus. It only fits so many people. It's always in hot demand. So if you are interested in going on the bus trip, please call sooner rather than later to reserve your seat.
0: Tell us how we can then take part in any and all
1: so for all the programs, the easiest way to register for them is to go to www.scranton.edu slash all one word. And you'll be given the options to either select a la carte if you want to just attend one lecture, one class, whatever it may be. But you can also become a member of the Shummel Forum, which will give you access to all of the evening courses, luncheons, and collaborative programs. And it will also give you added benefit of being a Friends of the Weinberg Memorial Library member as well, which gives you book borrowing privileges and access to the library. The bus trip is a separate ticketed event. The best way to reserve your seat there is to call Brooke Leonard at 570-941-4740. And Brooke Leonard is the Shummel Forum Assistant. You can also talk to Brooke if you don't want to use the internet to register. She can help you register a la carte or as
0: a member. George Alisio is Dean of the Weinberg Memorial Library at the University of Scranton, a professor of philosophy and director of the Schemmel Forum there. He was speaking with us today about the fall 2023 season of the Schemmel Forum, the courses begin September 12th with Indiana Jones and the 20th Century. The World Affairs Luncheon Seminars get underway with Rob Capello, composer, conductor, music commentator known to NPR listeners for his series What Makes It Great, heard on performance today. That World Affairs Luncheon Seminar gets underway on the 8th of September. The bus trip to the Philadelphia Museum of Art and the Rodin Museum is scheduled for September 30th and as we heard there is so much more. For all the information you need, scranton.edu/shemelforum. scranton.edu/shemelforum and shemel is spelled s c h e m e l. s c h e m e l. The 2023 fall season of the Shemel Forum at the University of Scranton, scranton.edu/shemelforum.